Last season, on a Friday night in early November, the Pitt Panthers pounded the ball down the throats of the Virginia Cavaliers en route to a 23-13 victory. Running back Darren Hall finished the game with 229 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Last year, the defense was able to contain the Russian dynamic quarterback Bryce Perkins. But this Saturday night, we don't know who will be victorious, but we do know the Panthers will enter the game with a different offensive approach than last year. And the defense will once again need to contain Perkins. We break down the opening game of the Pitt Panthers season on this week's Hail to Pitt podcast. Finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. It's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One health game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of August 31st. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. The season's finally here and the stakes couldn't be higher. Interdivision conference game to start it all off. Finally, kickoff 2019. Two of the top teams in the division locking horns on kickoff weekend in prime time to roll out the ACC network for everybody. It is going to be epic Somebody get in the driver's seat, buckle up on a Pittsburgh Saturday night when the Panthers take on the Virginia Cavaliers, and we're here to talk about it all. What a show we have in store for you. Thanks to everybody who started subscribing last week when we had our big guest, Pat Bostick, on the show. And uh, now we're going to roll on from here. The season has started, and we're looking forward to more Panther fans joining us on all podcast apps and uh, you could join us and subscribe, wh- whatever your pleasure. Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, we're there wherever you held a pit. And give us those five-star, 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 five-star reviews when you subscribe. That'll help spread the message and get more Panther fans on board. And we're on social media at H2P Show as well, Pam. And we've got everybody from Panther fans to Virginia fans hitting us up this week. Everybody's hyped for the game. Oh, yeah, everyone's ready for the launch of the ACC Network. Big, big game on Saturday night, and we've we've had some good interaction, but we need some more people. At H2P Show, we always put out a preview, too, of the podcast, so you can listen um, before the full show, before you have a chance to listen in to the full show. Yep, and our YouTube page is also out there, too. If you want to listen to the show that way, we do post them there. So we make sure we're, we're spanning it. Wherever Panther fans want to get content, we're putting it there. And uh, also, real quick side note, the ACC Network rolled out. Vince, I did not get a whole lot of uh, Pitt Panther vibes from night one, at least, while I was watching for the first couple hours. I was kind of bugged. Yeah, maybe not night one. They were focusing on you know all, all kinds of uh, things, mostly successful programs, <laughs> programs that have won national championships Recently, you know, your, your Clemsons, your Dukes, 
But uh, you know, I've been watching all this week, and we, we've seen s- some pit previews uh, coming up, sp- specifically breaking down this huge game against Virginia. So I think we'll start to see more and more as it rolled out rolls out it's definitely being featured in the main commercial for the network uh for this pit virginia showdown saturday night let's hope the panthers are so good this year that it just becomes the pit network uh that starts this saturday night before we get into the news from this week and start discussing the game we'll remind everybody that we are a production of pretty easy podcasts go to prettyeasypodcast.com if you want to start a podcast if you want to start a pit podcast and you know supplemental content more content the merrier i say go to prettyeasypodcasts.com. If you have any kind of show in mind, you could get started there. Get a personal producer at your beck and call and uh, get started at a very low rate. prettyeasypodcasts.com. All right. This week, we've got our first game. We've got our first two deep depth chart to get through. But even before all that, there was like recruiting news and a walk-on that was semi-controversial, Vince. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be getting into those two items here. Uh, first thing we got, Branson Taylor, offensive tackle out of Ohio, 6'7", 285 pounds. He picked Pitt over West Virginia, also had an offer from Michigan State, uh, a three-star on WattRivals.com, four stars and some other publications. Uh, this is a position of need. Um, eventually, some of these younger guys on the offensive line are going to graduate and they're going to need to be replaced by some additional bodies. And this could be a guy that they need. They don't have too many uh, offensive linemen committed at this point in time. So this is a huge pickup. I feel like. Yeah. And quite literally, he's a very, very yeah. big, big dude, <laughs> uh, six, seven um, and two eighty five, And, you know, once he gets into pit and into the strength and conditioning program, that number is going to keep climbing. Oh yeah. So he's going to be a big, big guy for that line to, to fill in in a few years here. That's almost two recruits for the price of one six foot seven, <laughs> 285. That's oh, man. That's great though. Beating out WVU and Michigan state is really what, uh, I circled there on the uh, on the news of Branson Taylor committing to Pitt. Uh, anytime you could beat out uh, those those kind of schools for a recruit, that's a good sign. Pat Narduzzi showing up a position of need at tackle. And then there's also the other news uh, when it comes to people joining the program this week, uh, and that was a, a Penn Stater uh, defecting. Vince, very controversial uh, on social media and even on uh, Panther Dash Lair. I saw when I was uh, mulling around through the forums. Yeah, yeah, Johnny Patrician, uh, a kid out of Central Catholic, a safety, uh, committed to Penn State over Pitt several years ago. Wouldn't give Pitt the time of day there. Uh, didn't play very much at Penn State, um, and now he's transferred as a walk-on. We presume and. I got to ask this question, Pam. I know you're not going to like this one. Uh, is this guy a mole or is he a PSU spy? Uh, is, I just, why even <laughs> pose the question? Well, it seems a little strange, you know. I mean, right before the season, did he, you read his statement? I, I I heard what he said, but I'm asking, you know, what we think here. Is this guy trying to 
Uh, he wants to come back home. Well, I know he does. Is Narduzzi taking this guy on in order to gain some extra information, or is he just coming here from Penn State as a spy? I, I'm not even entertaining this question. <laughs> How's he going to go back to Penn State and give them the information? Exactly. He's, got a, he's got a phone. Yeah, I don't. He's, but he's probably going to be watched like a hawk. And see, I'm hoping Pat Narduzzi has some student aides on the team. Oh, I'm sure specifically. All right, we're bringing this kid on as a walk on. You keep an eye on him, though. No. Do you know what? I'm going to be. I'm happy that he he wanted to come home. He has the opportunity to do so. I believe he's got two years of eligibility yet. So I am happy for Johnny, and I think uh, maybe we won't see him too much this year, but. Maybe next year, once he gets into the program a little right, bit. Right, right. But and all kidding aside, um, you got to think Narduzzi is picking this kid's brain for any sort of information he possibly can get. Yeah, and I doubt there's that much there. I mean, he he was <laughs> mostly a special teamer at Penn State. But the the, the thing that I I'm I'm happy about is this doesn't take up you know a, a coveted scholarship this is just a walk-on yeah, yeah and if, and no if anything i choose to believe the kid went to penn state uh learned what he could and maybe we'll give just a, a, a little nugget anything helps in the rivalry but um it's always fun to see someone smell the roses come back home and yeah and and escape a cult before it's too yeah. late so i'm you very happy for john patricia oh yeah, yeah, out yeah. Of there. All, all 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 could be forgiven uh come uh september 14th <laughs> so uh, good for John Patrician. Uh, hopefully, he contributes on special teams and uh, you know fights for maybe some playing time. We'll we'll see the progression of his career now as a Pitt Panther. Um, but he is nowhere near uh, the the two deep that came out. But that came out, and that is full of of players that we are very hopeful for this year to contribute in big ways. And I kind of say we run down this thing. To start off uh, the, the, this week's news from Pat Narduzzi, guys, uh, and uh, we'll, uh, you could say whatever you want. I'm going to run down the list here, and then you say if you're surprised by it, make any comments, questions, concerns. Uh, but let's get through it, shall we? What do you say? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. Introducing the first two deep for the Pitt Panthers in 2019. Quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Behind him, Nick Patty. Jeff George Jr. Running back, A.J. Davis, followed by Todd Sibley Jr. How do you feel about that? We got an or there, and we don't see Vince Davis or uh, or the Carter. And Lee Carter. I think that's good, though. These guys are the ones that have the most experience, so you probably see them coming out of the gate. Yeah, they're going to get the first crack at it. And who knows what kind of crack that is. I expect to see all these guys a lot. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver, Hazier Mack, followed by Aaron Matthews. Wide receiver, Trey Tipton, followed by Dontavius Butler-Jenkins. Wide receiver, Maurice French, followed by John Bardzel. Yeah, Tight end. Yeah, that's, nope. that's, well, that's a walk-on right there. And we don't see Shockey Jacques-Louis at all. Uh, he's been banged up in camp. Uh, coach did say he is going to play, uh, so it, the injury is obviously not that serious. What do you take out of him not being listed on this two deep right now? Well, I think if he's been hurt, I don't think there's too much to read into it this early in the year. We'll see as after the first game and maybe the first few games if he's not there. And, and he he is a 
uh, a big time playmaker in my eyes. I feel like this guy has to be involved, um, especially if this team wants to get to the potential that they could. Could be one of those players Mark Whipple zeroes in on when we talk about uh, that Post-Gazette article that came out earlier in the week. Tight end, Will Gregg, followed by Nakia Griffin-Stewart and Grant Kerrigan. Will Gregg, Pat Bostick said it last week. This guy is impressive, and uh, he's going to be making big plays this year. Left tackle, Carter Warren, followed by Carson Van Lynn. Left guard, Bryce Hargrove, followed by Brandon Ford. Center, this one's interesting, Jimmy Morrissey, followed by Owen Drexel. Not Jake Cradle, guys. Yeah, Owen Drexel, a kind of guy that's been forgotten about a, l- a little bit, but uh, Coach Borbley said that he's uh, really coming to his own over the summer. Uh, he's gained some weight. Uh, he's ready to go. I take that as a good sign, don't he, you think? A natural center. And he's a local guy, correct? No, I believe he's from New Jersey. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, Gabe, good to see him. Good to see him up there. Right guard, Gabe Huey or Huey or. Do we say it like we would say Arkansas, Sue, we, who, we, Vince? I How are we pronouncing that this year? Hoy. Hoy? Like a Hoy. like a Georgetown Hoya? Like the Gabe, Hoy Poloy. Hoy Poloy. Gabe Hoy at right guard. Jake Cradle following him and Chase Brown behind him. Right tackle Nolan Ulysio followed by Jerry Drink Jr. And that's your pit offense too deep to start the season. On defense. Defensive end Patrick Jones the second. Followed by John Morgan or Kmar Mimes. Defensive tackle, Jalen Twyman. Followed by David Green or Tyler Bentley. Uh, Twyman's gotten a lot of really great, uh, I guess, preseason hype. Uh, yeah. On this defensive, uh, in this defensive tackle position this year, um, leading into the game. Yeah, Pat Bostic talked about it on the program last week. We've heard numerous coaches talk about this kid. I'm expecting something special come Saturday night. Yeah, when you're working out with Aaron Donald, we expect you to perform like Aaron Donald, or at least like a quarter of what Aaron Donald would do. Defensive tackle, Keyshawn Camp or Amir Watts. Interesting. Followed by Devin Danielson. Defensive end, Deslin Alexander. Followed by Habakkuk Baldonado, who fought his way into that role a couple weeks ago. I don't know if any of us expected Haba to, to... be that three or four defensive end, but he's there. He, he, he doesn't have an or next to his name, so I'm taking that as he's the he's the third man uh, in that end rotation. A lot of people talking about the potential of this kid. I'm very excited. Yeah, he's someone to watch as the season goes on. As he gets more reps, I think he's going to be an explosive force on that line. He looks the role. Let's see if he performs it, though. Money linebacker Kylan Johnson from Florida, followed by Chase Pine. Middle linebacker, Elias Reynolds or Celine Brightwell. Star linebacker, Cam Bright or Phil Campbell III. A lot of questions, and I'm expecting a lot of rotations at linebacker still. Yeah, and this is a position we've talked about, I believe, in our opening podcast, how there are some question marks. They do have some athletic guys to fill these positions. It's just the reps in those positions and the rotations, what they're going to do there. Yeah, we felt like all six of these guys were going to play, but I'll say something right now. Kylan Johnson does not have an or next to his name. That makes me feel very encouraged that they brought in a kid 
uh, a graduate transfer who who took a, a stranglehold on this position is ready to go out and play. Love seeing that. Cornerback Dane Jackson, followed by Eric Hallett. Cornerback Jason Pinnock or Damari Mathis. Free safety Damar Hamlin, followed by Theron Coleman. Strong safety Paris Ford, followed by Jazzy Stalker. Your pit too deep defense going into 2019. And with that pit secondary there, that's a position of strength we talked about. And I think you can see that with um, Hamlin and Ford and Jackson really solidifying those positions there. There we go. We've got the two deep in the books. Know your pit Panthers, pit fans. And now, Vince, we could talk about some of what Coach said this week. And I know you're very disappointed with some of the news regarding Paris Ford. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised uh, looking at the two deep here. He is not listed as some of the uh, the return men at all. Um, in fact, he's not really getting the sniff at all if we were to believe this depth chart, which is just that. Even Coach said that EJ Borghetti just makes it up. I'm not quite <laughs> sure I believe that. But uh, but I was hoping to see Paris Ford get his hands on the ball, um, and maybe he's got to do that via an interception th- this week. But uh, a little disappointing there. But Maurice French, uh, an excellent return man, as we saw last year. So I, I can't really complain about that. What do you think uh, with Taysier Mack as the backup for uh, kick returner and punt returner behind French? Uh, Alan, you could you could step in here if you, if you feel like it. But I feel like he's coach feels like he's got the most sure hands at catching the ball, and, and he's going to be used situationally like that. Yeah, I think if. Uh, if you're seeing the more explosive guys maybe take too many risks or not be as reliable, there you go. You got your guy there who's going to field it, not lose it, not screw it up, and you know move on from there. But you want your home run hitter French there for sure. We'll see what kind of chances Paris Ford. Maybe Coach will be feeling froggy and he'll throw him out there. But uh, the two deep has Paris Ford as the third punt returner and uh, nowhere there in the kick returner section, which yeah. – um, which is interesting. And then uh, you brought up uh, Shockey Jock. Uh, nowhere to be found on this too deep. Um, yep. He'll he'll play, we assume, but uh, uh, exactly how he lines up, what do you expect, Vince? Uh, I'm he, He's just somebody that is electric once he gets his hands on the ball. Um, I'd like to see him more in a conventional offense, not just uh, jet sweeps, uh, you know, try to get him the ball uh, different ways. Um, I think we'll eventually see him. It's got to be an injury situation, I think. And Pat Narduzzi this week talking about the running game. Didn't say that pitch just going to only run straight, but seems as confident <laughs> as ever in the run game, regardless of who's going to be toting the rock, because they've got an offensive line with size led by a solid center in Jimmy Morrissey. I think that's just something we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, and Narduzzi really reiterated it this week. Who cares who's running this ball? This offensive line's ready to rock, as always. Yeah, and with um, some new guys stepping up on that offensive line, Jimmy Marcy will really be the guy that can anchor them all, be the communicator, and communicate and call out looks in this new Mark Whipple offense. That's really key there. Yeah, that that's... That's interesting. This article that came out in the Post Gazette this week really kind of a a profile of Mark Whipple as a coach and what he did at UMass, and uh, talking a lot about how Andy Isabella was 
utilized properly and a lot and how Whipple loves to focus in on those two to four explosive players and make sure that they get the ball. And that's what he's good at is being multiple with his approach. Uh, Vince, when you read that article and then you, you apply the pit roster to it, uh, do you think Mark Whipple is going to be able to execute it the way he did with Isabella at UMass and elsewhere? I think so. I mean, there's a tremendous uh, talent on on this offense. You know, I don't I don't care what the recruiting rankings say. Maurice French, Tacier Mack, those are very good wide receivers. I feel that there's good talent in this backfield. I, I feel like you know, after hearing what we're hearing about Will Gregg, it sounds like he's going to be able to make some plays as well. Uh, it remains to be seen whether the offensive line can pass block effectively, and it re- still remains to be seen if Kenny Pickett can uh, quarterback an offense and get the ball to to open players. Um, so we're going to see what Whipple's going to try to do and to use their skills and maybe work around how good the offensive line is, good or bad, and get the ball to these guys effectively. Yeah, I, I took from that, Pam, I, I know we were going back and forth uh, when we were both kind of read that article almost at the same time. And I took from that that even if Pickett can't get the ball to guys in the normal sense, Whipple's going to figure out a way for him to get the ball to his explosive players like Maurice French. Is that what you took from that article? Yeah, and the one thing that I really took away was how Whipple and Pickett have a relationship. Uh, Whipple's going to ask Pickett, um, like each game week, what's what's what are his plays he feels most comfortable. So when they need that big play, Pickett feels confident. Whipple feels confident in calling it as well. So they're going to look for those certain guys, but then Pickett's going to have more confidence in, in plays that are being called, especially in those key moments of the game. It's interesting. They talked in that article also about how running backs really aren't catching the ball for Mark Whipple. So we'll see uh, how that how that goes. Pitt has some guys who could maybe be utilized in that way, but they also got guys who can run straight and hopefully pass block and help and help pass protect, which I think might be of the utmost importance. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, yeah, I mean, forget just how great James Conner was and is it doing that and to have a guy like that with someone like Kenny Pickett just that extra split second that a running back could give you could be huge for for his progression in the Mark Whipple offense but uh he's going to go out there and he's going to have in week one a pretty tough task because uh, as we look at the Virginia football team uh defensively very stout yeah they got a a number of of good players they were tough last year uh, when Pitt played them down there, um, they're led by uh, an All-American cornerback, cor- Bryce Hall, um, and they've got uh, a pretty stout front seven, I think. Um, so this is going to be a tall order. Yeah, linebacker Charles Snowden also is kind of a preseason All-ACC mention on some lists if you read them. Uh, if you're if you're going through any preseason magazines, too, you'll see uh, Phil Steele called them one of the best defenses collectively in the nation and, and that Charles Snowden Pam six foot seven uh, but athletic and is going to be tough for Pickett to get the ball over there yeah especially for 
Pickett, who we saw last year at times had problems getting the ball out quickly. Um, so you can't let Snowden really develop plays. They The one thing about Virginia's defense, they lost Juan Thornhill, the safety. Um, he was all ACC last year, um, and he ended up being a second-round pick by the Chiefs. But um, So that's a, a hole that they're going to have to look to fill as the season goes on for Virginia there. Yeah, the way this matches up to me, it feels like Pitt is – probably going to be best suited to run straight, but also he's going to open pick it up to maybe hit some deep throws. And that's what I'm hoping for is that Kenny Pickett could be accurate deep. And and that doesn't mean often. That just means only a couple times. And I think that could really help pit out uh, because defensively, even without Rashad Weaver, even against a good quarterback in Bryce Perkins, I think Pitt matches up pretty well against the the who offense. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Um, a couple more things I wanted to touch about on for the for the defense of Virginia. Um, this Snowden, uh, you know, we talked about six foot seven. Alan, I wanted to ask you um, with a guy like this, you, you know, you got to neutralize him as best you can. That length is is really a problem. Uh, what's the best way to attack this guy? Is it really just to get low, get leverage on him because he's got that tall frame and, and just, you know, maybe run right at him several plays in a row, just put put him on his backside and that'll just slow him down for the rest of the game? Yeah, get him thinking. A player like that, you don't want him to be able to just go forward and, and focus in on just one task. You need to get him thinking. You need to hit him in the gut. You need, if it doesn't matter, Carter, Warren, or Nolan, Elysio, whatever side he's going to be on, uh, they need to be attacking uh, Charles Snowden in the midsection and get him scared of putting his hands up, uh, especially yeah. if you're going to be looking to make Kenny Pickett uh, have quick passes and throw the and you know Charles Snowden gets his hands up quickly. Those quick passes usually are lower, um, so that that's why I'm thinking they're going to be trying to attack deep a little bit. But if you go after a guy like that, uh, that that's going to be beneficial. And that's the good thing is that Pitts a- presumably going to be able to do that is is run at this guy and run uh, down the throats of Virginia like they did last year because you're seeing a lot of similarities returning guys on the defense for Virginia. Uh, I think Pitt, Pitt offensively has, has – they have their hands full, but it's this is not an impossible test by any stretch against these Hoos. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. And, Pam, I wanted to ask you something real quick here. Um, we, we talk a lot about running straight on this program and how successful Pitt was last year. Uh, Coach mentioned in the press conference that Virginia is going to be starting a true freshman, Jawan Briggs, at nose tackle. Uh, that seems very vulnerable to me right in the heart of that defense. You know, would you try running straight uh, to start this game? I know we talked about, you know, trying to be multiple and all that kind of stuff, but this seems like it could work again. It could work, but I don't want them to run straight, run straight, run straight and rely <laughs> on that too much. I want them to run straight to open up that play, action, play action pass. pass. So if they pound running straight early that's great in the second second third quarter then i want to see them take some shots okay so run straight to open up that play action which we didn't see last year yeah i mean that this is a three four defense right so they they should be suited to to stop the run but the defensive line i i'm for virginia is pretty undersized and then you throw a a a bit he's big juan Briggs, but (laughs) 
I mean, not, not, I don't think anything that Jimmy Morrissey can't handle, and he's a freshman yeah. at that. So I, I would almost say advantage Pitt in the trenches, um, but then you're talking about pass protection. Mark Whipple, who's had all summer to scheme for this game, is going right – we are going to, I think, have a, a – we're, we're going to be judging the – a lot, I think, in this first week, and I and I don't think it's going to be, you know, oh, it's only week one. We can't we can't paint too, you know, broad of a brush here. But I mean, this is an important game, and this is what you're brought in for. So I'm expecting a lot here in week one for Mark Whipple creatively, and uh, and hopefully that you know he could be a factor in helping Pitt uh, defeat Virginia, who definitely is game planned to fix their woes against the Panthers last year because I mean they they were pretty much punched in the face in front of their yeah. home crowd last year and I would say embarrassed in that regard so they're looking to fix that uh they're desperate enough I would say I wouldn't say desperate but they're throwing a freshman out there they're trying new things at nose tackle it's going to be very interesting and I and I don't think you could be too judgmental of Mark Whipple's offense in week one we're not going into this city with kitty gloves, Pam, we, or this or this season with kitty gloves. We, we got to go into this season ready to rock and roll on offense with with your best plays and, and your and your most comfortable plays for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll get a taste of the offense. We won't really see as the year goes on. We should see more of the offense develop, but I want them to come out swinging. I don't. I mean, that doesn't mean go for it all on one play right out of the gate. Um, but I want them to really be aggressive and really show, okay, we know what we have to do to compete against Virginia. And that is um, when in the trenches, yeah. but actually part of that isn't just running. It's doing that pass block. Mm-hmm. Now, Vince, tell us more about these who's on offense. Cause I mean, we know Bryce Perkins, but is he that good or is is his, are his numbers just really good because he's playing in an era where everybody has really good numbers at quarterback? <laughs> is this Rudy Poo? I don't you could be saying that, but this guy did set records last year uh for Virginia, uh over thirty six hundred passing yards, thirty four total yards of offense. Yeah, thirty four uh thirty four touchdowns. Um it, it, he he's a playmaker back there. Um, I, I expect this guy, you know, while not, you know, maybe the greatest passer, uh, and he didn't have a ton of success against Pitt last year, um, only, only 200 passing yards on 24 attempts. So it's not like he, he really lit him up. He did hit a couple deep passes. Um, but I, I think, you know, he's got some decent receivers, and I think making sure he doesn't hit these guys in, in intermediate to shallow routes in space and letting them run wild is key. And then also containing him on quarterback yes. runs when plays break down. I'll say it right now: this guy's probably going to make you know three or four you know conversions on uh, quarterback scrambles. The key is going to be making sure that that's all he gets, and he doesn't get any more than that. Well, that's why they won last year. They were able to contain him. Yeah. And the rushing attack. Of and they had they had we had Rashad Weaver on the field last year. Um, th- this year you've got, you know, Pat, the, that task is going to be on Patrick Jones, Deslin Alexander, John Morgan, Haba, Haba, and whoever else they throw out there on the edge. These linebackers need to be quick. And that's the good thing. I think Pitt matches up well with them because Pitt's got some speed at linebacker. 
Maybe not all yeah. the experience, maybe not the best linebackers in the ACC, but fast. Yeah, th- there's no doubt about it. They got some speed. Now, I don't know if they're going to be do- using a, a zone scheme, maybe a spy, something like that. Um, you know, they got this Hasiz Dubois and Joe Reed receivers on the outside. You got to be worried about those cats. But, you know, depending on the type of personnel that Virginia throws out there, um, you know, specifically, if it's maybe more more of 21 personnel and they don't have as many receivers and pick and really use that speed at linebacker to contain, I think that plays into our advantage. And if they do go, you know, three, four wide receiver set, uh, I, I feel confident in the speed of these outside linebackers and maybe if they bring in an extra safety to do that. Uh, what do you think? Um, I think the – we're going to see this secondary tested right off the bat. I think yeah, that's the, they're going to come out. Throwing. Well, I think that's the strength of this Virginia offense is the wide receivers running back. They lost a lot last year or lost a lot. Um, they have Keir, but he only had 32 career carries. Um, he p- played behind Jordan Ellis the past two seasons. Mike Collins is also expected to be in the rotation. Um, and in the scheme, the tight end isn't really used. So I think Virginia is going to look to get their playmakers the ball here. So I think our secondary is going to be tested right off the bat uh, with Dubois and Reed. I'm I'm interested to see it because, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Defenses, I think I'm always going to bet on the defense in, the, in, a, in a game like this. So against a quarterback like Bryce Perkins, I think catching him in the first game of the year is good for Pitt. Uh, the secondary, I think, of, is going to – uh, cause Bryce Perkins to maybe tuck and run a little bit more. And uh, I think this is really going to come down to uh, some defensive line and linebacker play for for Pitt this week. I'm, I cannot wait to see uh, these defensive ends step up to the task. Big game for them. Playing a quarterback like this, too, uh, That that is uh, never fun when you got to chase down a guy like Bryce Perkins. But UVA coming into Heinz Field, and they are a two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Westgate, Vince. Uh, th- this line, I mean, I I think it's I think that's pretty high for a t- a team coming into a a game on the road against a team that beat them last year, a team that won the Coastal Division. I feel kind of disrespected as a Pitt fan, but I I know there's hype behind Virginia. But come on, the division between these teams in the Coastal isn't even two and a half points to me. Yeah, it is a little. Uh... A little perplexing here because, you know, Pitt, Pitt, you know, played Virginia pretty even in the first half last year and then absolutely dominate them this, the second half of the, of, of the game last year. Uh, Pitt won the division last year, uh, yet Virginia picked to finish first and seems to be getting all kinds of love from national media. And Pitt picked to finish fourth. And, yeah, granted, they have a whole lot of questions, but there is some good talent coming back. Uh, so I guess I could kind of see where the market is heading heading here, why they have Virginia favorite. Maybe they're just not paying enough attention to Pitt or they just think it's too many question marks. Well, ESPN's FPI, Football Power Index, actually likes Pitt a little bit more in this game at 53%, gives them a more than 50% chance of winning this one. So it's a little bit different there. Um, as well, but it is a little perplexing, but I think they're, the line makers might be banking on Pitt's poor, poor, poor offense last I, year. I, I, and, and the piggyback off that, I, I think, you know, it, 
with no data points on this team whatsoever. You haven't seen them play. And, you know, people are going to be just looking at, okay, they got to replace four or five offensive linemen and they got a quarterback returning who threw for eight yards in in a uh, conference championship game. Um, So that doesn't bode too well. And I think people are looking at that and saying, you know, Virginia has to be better than that. Uh, And so that's why I think the market is so out where it is. Well, where's our market? Because it's time for us to pick this game now. Pitt hosting Virginia, getting disrespected by Vegas. ESPN knows what's up, giving Pitt a better than 50% chance of winning this game. What say us? What say you, Panther fans? Let us know at H2P Show on social media before the game on Saturday. It's time for us to give you our picks now. Who's up first? I don't want to go first. I'm scared. I'll go first. I'm not scared. <laughs> I think Pitt's I think Pitt's going to win 24-21. Relatively lower scoring game, but the Panthers offense does enough to secure the victory. It's going to be very close and Panther fans might be uh, biting their nails a little bit throughout this one, but 24-21. Hmm. All right. I've locked it in. I put it in our, fi- our official prediction vault, uh Pam, cuz we're keeping track of these all season, you know. That's fine. I'm ready to win these predictions. <laughs> I don't know what's at stake. Maybe like a, a, a rock plush doll or something we'll put up for grabs. <laughs> Vince, what, what are you rocking with? What's your prediction? First of all, I'll be biting my nails regardless of, of what happens in this game. Uh, but I, I'm, I, I think Pitt's going to win this game in, in kind of a similar fashion to last year. Um, I, I think Pitt's just a better ball club. Uh, I think Virginia's got a good team. I think Pitt just, just matches up well against these cats. Um, and I think that, you know, on both sides, uh, the offense is going to be a little sluggish the first game, uh, particularly in Pitt's case, maybe, you know, a new uh, coordinator. Um, but at the same time, I feel like that running game could still be very strong. And, and I'm going to say Pitt's going to win this game uh, maybe around, you know, 23 maybe around 23 or 27 uh, to 13. Pick one. We'll, we'll say 27 to 13. Wow. <laughs> a two touchdown winner. Wow. I like, yeah, but I, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a relatively uh, you know, close game the whole way. I don't, I don't think we're jumping out to a 27 point lead or anything like that. I, I think it's going to be hard fought, uh, game, but I think we're going to control it down the stretch. All right, I think all of our all of our listeners know by now that's probably the the closest Vince is going to be picking any team to to get to pit this entire season, <laughs> no matter what happens the previous weeks, and uh, that that's that's fine by me. All right, for my pick, I, I'm with everybody here on the offenses. Uh, I think 27. It would be. I would. Let me just say, you said Bryce Perkins threw for only 200 last year. I would kill for Pickett to throw for 200 in this game. <laughs> I'd kill for Pitt to score 27. Uh, but I'm going lower. It's the first game of the year. I think uh, Pitt could eke it out. Hey, special teams too. Don't forget. Pitt, yeah. I, I think, has a, a, a big edge here. Explosive players, reliable uh, special teams personnel, and I think it could come down to that. It's going to be close. It is not going to be fun if, uh, if, you, don't, if you don't like close games, then yeah, this is not going to be fun. But <laughs> th- this is going to be a Pitt victory. 
It's going to be a Pitt victory, and I, it's going to be very, very close. And I'm going to say Pitt wins uh, 16 to 13. A very close, low scoring wow. game. Oof. And uh, I think the pit secondary is too good for Bryce Perkins, but I also yeah. think the pit offense is going to come out there and um, probably have to go through some growing pains. But I got a low scoring one. But hey, that is a W. And uh, I think we all said, you know, these first four games, toughest on the schedule. Uh, one out of the four will be very, very good. And, uh, and you know, it'd be a lot better than zero, but not the end of the world. Let me just reiterate that from last week. I know I got a lot of heat for that. From from listeners, but uh, I, I'm 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 sticking with it. But Pitt wins week one. I got it, and there we go. We all got Pitt victories to start it off. Then we go eat our leftover ribs afterwards. Well, you go eat your leftover ribs because I won't. Because I'm being forced to watch this game not in Pittsburgh during the best weekend to be in the city. But I'm not going to complain about that. I'm going to watch it either way. Just nobody text or spoil it for me. I might have to go to a future mother-in-law's dinner. So. I don't know. I might watch it on my Wolf. phone. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. All right. Actually, tell me about what other people are saying about this, this game, Vince. What are they saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about a clean sweep for Pitt here in our predictions. Uh, but it, from what I'm hearing, the Yinzers are talking about something completely different. Another Saturday coming and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the Yinzers are saying. That's what the Yinzers are saying. Uh, huge game, Saturday night, prime time. You got to be there. Uh, but there's also another big game going on uh, at the same time on a different network. And, Alan, I, I know you are very hyped for this game. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. Oh, college football. Yeah. Oh, pizzle. Let's go, Alan. I like driving in my truck. He likes to drive in his truck. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. I like driving in my truck. He likes to drive in his truck. All right. Auburn sucks. Auburn sucks. I don't care for Auburn, but I got Auburn winning big against Oregon. But what a game. We get to see the debut of a freshman SEC quarterback in Bo Nix. And then that mammoth of a human being on the Oregon defense. <laughs> the, fr- the freshman. What's his name? Yeah, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Oh, the guy's what? Talk about recruiting double. What is he? A six foot seven, six foot eight, two hundred and forty pound defensive end. Who's going to be gunning after this freshman? Tuned, he's a finely tuned athletic machine. This. These players in this game are so good. It's going to be fun to watch the SEC stomp a mud hole in the Pac-12, though, Pam. I I don't think it'll be close. I disagree. I think Oregon's going to come out. I'm a big believer in Justin Herbert. I love that when he came came back for his uh, 
senior season. And I think Auburn, or I mean, Oregon is going to put all the talk about the Pac-12 is garbage to rest coming out. And I think they're going to beat Auburn here. Um, I think they're going to beat them by a touchdown here. I, I, I think um, the freshman quarterback for Auburn, I think it's going to be a little too much for him to handle in Dallas on this national stage. In Jerry's world, they're saying that Oregon, who have, I think, all returning guy, all returning on the offensive line, I think, is uh, I the best offense, right. the best offensive line in the nation. So we'll see about that because uh, what they got Nick Coe on at Auburn and, and some beasts on their defensive line. It is well, an excellent matchup. Auburn might have the best defensive line, one of the best defensive lines in the country. So you're going best versus good best in the yeah in the trenches here. At the- Thing is, I think that Pac-12 stigma sticks around. That's a lot of pressure, Vince, on a team. The entire fate of the conference is is on Oregon here. Uh, well, I don't think Oregon cares about the Pac-12, but I know they they care about Oregon. And you know, if they're going to make the college football playoff, they probably got to win this game here um, to to prove that they can hang with the big boys. Uh, Auburn is a three and a half point favorite at the Westgate right now. Uh, so it sounds like, Alan, you're picking Auburn to not just win this game, but cover those three and a half points. Yeah, I mean, yes, I got all. I mean, I don't care for Auburn, but I got Auburn covering, winning big time. I don't care for Auburn. And, and Pam, you're picking Oregon to to win this game outright. Oh, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you here. I I like Oregon to win this game. I, I really do. Um, you know Auburn, a, a a very good defensive line. A you know, but they are starting a true freshman at quarterback. Um, and, you know, people are going to talk about that game that they won last year against Washington. But Auburn was very fortunate to win that game, and it was a close ball game. I believe Washington had the ball five times in the red zone or something like that, came away with zero points. That's what uh, Pac-12 teams do against the SEC. That's just well, what uh, happens. Just, Justin Herbert's not going to do that, uh, and I'm picking Oregon to win this game. You want to know, uh, I got a glimpse at the the hype behind Oregon reading up on this game, and I saw on, on ESPN, they're just, of course, this is a game they have to sell, and I, you don't need to sell me on it. But they're selling it, and they're saying, Oregon's so good. They've got so much returning. They've got 12 starters on offense returning. How's that even possible? <laughs> they're so good. It <laughs> makes it seem like they have an extra guy. <laughs> so Oregon's got it all going for them. And uh, if a Pac-12 team was ever going to take down an, an SEC powerhouse, can we still call Auburn a powerhouse? I'd say that. I, I, I they're ranked in the... Well, top 20, so I'd I say guess powerhouse. So. I don't. If they're ever going to do it, a Pac-12 team, this would be it, I guess. But I still – I'm betting on the SEC here until further notice. Will be a very interesting year moving forward if Oregon gets this win, though, for sure. And you know who doesn't want Oregon to win this game? Anybody who is in the Big Ten. I, I think <laughs> yeah. Big Ten teams really yeah. don't want to see Oregon win this game. You are absolutely right. And uh, th- there we go. That's our big game for the week. There's so many others. I I can't wait for UCLA Cincinnati just because we get Pat McAfee, who I know that's kind of sacrilege because he's he, if there if there's any formal hoop former hoople head that's endeared himself to me. It's I'm a fan of Pat McAfee now. I'll say it. 
I'll take heat for that, but he's funny. And I'm excited to see him call the UCLA Cincinnati game. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Chip Kelly, uh, year two, we'll see what he could do. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think that game will be good. It'll be a good measuring stick for UCLA coming out of the gate, too. Yeah, I know we have some UCLA friends who are UCLA fans, too. So I guess we have to sort of root for them. Also, I like seeing Cincinnati lose for times in the uh, For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. All right, well, what do we got left here, Vince, before we get out of here? Uh, we got to talk about our playoff predictions here. Uh, we previewed each of the conferences the past several weeks on the program. Uh, we've got to give our four teams and, and who we think is going to win the national title. I'll, I'll start it off here. Uh, I'm going to go with Clemson. I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, and I'm going to go with Georgia as well. I think both those teams are going to finish the season undefeated. And then regardless of who wins that SEC title, they're both going to make it in the playoff. And I'm going to pick Oregon to make it out of the Pac-12. I think they're going to win this week and they're going to carry it the whole way through. Oh, you're going, you're going all in on this game against Auburn, right? I know, yeah, it's a huge game. You, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there. I hate, hate agreeing with you, but those are my exact four teams. But let me ask you this: Who's your national champion? I'm going with Clemson to to win. That that team is just t- too much firepower. I know how hard it is to repeat as a champion, but. I don't. I don't know who's going to stop them. This is the year. So I have the same four, but this is the year Jake Fromm gets it done. In the past two games, they've played Alabama. Georgia has led all the game, the entire game, except for sixty seconds total. That's crazy. This is the year. Georgia puts their foot on Alabama's throats and they win the national title. Well, well let me ask you this. Uh, they could actually avoid them and win the title. Well, let me ask you this. I think we we both think Clemson's going to go undefeated. Uh, say they're, they finish ranked number one. Alabama and Georgia, what if they're two and three? And it doesn't matter. Play, I think Georgia's going to – You think I they'll beat more, them two times? Yeah, no. I think they may they'll lose to them in the SEC title game and still get in, and then they'll beat them in the playoff. Wow, I could see them doing that. Zero they- chance, zero chance. <laughs> the committee will keep a Big Ten team out this year. Not happening three years in a row. I, but I don't think impossible. the Big Ten. I, I think the Big Ten's going to beat each other up. I really they're really going to have to really do it. Like not have a one loss team, you, and yeah, there's going to be. I, I don't think. They I don't think they I will. That's I, that's a tall order, I, especially. I think Ohio State's got got the dudes. I, I got Ohio State in my in my uh, college football playoff. I've got Alabama, I've got Clemson, and I've got Oklahoma because I'm going all in on Jalen Hurts. I'm a believer in Lincoln Riley, so there's my four. And I just can't believe anyone is picking against an angry Alabama team. This isn't just any Alabama team. It's angry Alabama, embarrassed. When they lose that way, the way they did against Clemson, they bounce back. And Clemson going to be good, but I'm, I don't know if teams could reload the way Alabama reloads on a defensive line. A lot of young players on the defensive line, they'll, I'm sure they'll be best in, in the ACC, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to push around in Alabama that way again. Uh, I've got the Clemson tied. 
They might not. They, they might avoid him, but I I don't see Alabama no, no, I mean, with how good that offense is. How, how many points do you really need to hold somebody to? Yeah, I, Clemson may score forty points a game. If they give up thirty, they'll still win. I'm interested to see how healthy Tua is too. Can he stay healthy for the full year? Because he was banged up last year, and I definitely think that played a part in some things. Let me throw a bonus question out there: Heisman winner. Who who are your guys as Heisman winner? So hard to do. So I'm just gonna throw it out there and go bet on the guy who's doing it. I got Jalen Hurts. I don't. I mean, that's gonna <laughs> three win years me, in a row. That's gonna win me some money probably. But I got yeah. Why not? I mean it's. I'm not a believer in Jake Fromm like you, Pam. Uh, oh, I'm. A, I'm. That's who my Heisman winner Tua, is, Jake Fromm. Tua is a safe bet. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm sure, will be good, but there's always the fear of the sophomore slump. Um, but I'm gonna go with Jalen Hurts because it'd be awesome. It's it's about for me. It's a balancing act between Lawrence, who's gonna have the best numbers, but Fromm is gonna be playing in more high profile games. And is going to have bigger moments. Uh, I think voters will give it to Fromm in the end. Another guy to watch, a sleeper, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> oh, that'd be great if Pickett was in the the room where they were talking about the Heisman. But uh, <laughs> I think the a sleeper here is DeAndre Swift with Georgia too. Yeah, don't forget there are a lot of good running backs out there that that could. Come mm-hmm. up on this a big year for quarterbacks. Everyone's expecting, but don't be surprised if some runner comes out there. You got Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin, who's capable. Uh, I think, I think it's wide open. That's why I'm going to go with uh, Lincoln Riley is my pick. Really, Lincoln Riley all the way. <laughs> Lincoln Riley. Um, there we go. I've locked in our pit uh, UVA predictions. I've locked in these playoff predictions. Vince, yours, both of yours are going to be blown up uh, after week one when Oregon goes down to Auburn, and then I'll be the last one left standing uh, when we return next week. Anything left? No, I am excited for Saturday night. A Pittsburgh Saturday night. Under the lights, ACC Network, Vince. It doesn't get any better. This is the most excited I think I've been for a, a week one. I don't know. When was the last time college game day was at Pitt? Was that a Notre Dame game where we got yeah, embarrassed? It, it, it was, yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully there's not a repeat of, of that incident. But, uh, yeah, th- this is what it's all about. Uh, a, a, a Saturday night primetime game to open the season with a lot at stake against an opponent that, that I feel like we know we can beat. And, and, and you know, got to have that confidence going into this game and just go out and stomp them. Anybody in the Pittsburgh area, get all your friends, get all your family, get down to Heinz Field, go to the game, hoot, holler, let those who's know what's up, and help the Pitt Panthers in any way you can because they're they're going to need it. This is an ACC showdown on Saturday night to start things off. I don't think it could be uh, it could be any better. This is this is awesome, and and this was our first. Uh, in-season episode in the books and uh, I'm ready for the game so all I have left to say is hail to pit hail to pit hail to pit hail to pit